Premier Christian Newscast. Hello and welcome to Premier Christian Newscast. I'm Tim Wyatt. In a year full of big news, perhaps the most consistent theme across the media has been the cost of living crisis. A perfect storm of rocketing prices and bills and everything, from petrol to energy to food, has meant making ends meet is getting harder and harder for millions, not just in the UK, but around the world too. Many people were already struggling as a result of the pandemic lockdowns and recessions, and so the impact of soaring inflation, which hit a 40-year high of 9% in May, has been devastating for those struggling to get by. Energy bills have also shot up by as much as 50% for some, while the cost of food has gone up by 6.7% in April alone. Petrol is now the priciest it's ever been, with the average cost of a litre of unleaded hitting a record high of 174 pence. With the war in Ukraine grinding on and little immediate prospect of global supply chain issues being resolved quickly, it seems as though this cost of living crisis is going to be with us for some time. So what can the church do about it? How can Christians offer both practical support for those who are suffering, as well as advocating for broader change? A little earlier, Premier's Emma Fowle sat down with three people working on the front line of the UK church's response to poverty to discuss this crisis and what we might be able to do about it. Our panel was Natalie Williams from Jubilee Plus, John Kirkby, the founder of Christians Against Poverty, and Elaine Bowes from the Pentecostal Credit Union. They got around a microphone, well, actually they joined a Zoom call, to chat about what they were seeing on the ground and how they would love to see the church step into the breach during this critical moment. off the conversation we asked each of our guests to introduce themselves and explain what their work in this field is in their own words starting with Elaine. Uh, yeah I'm Elaine Bose and I'm the head of marketing and communications at the Pentecostal Credit Union and for people who don't know who we are lots of people don't know who we are and don't know what credit unions are credit unions and we are a community bank um, and basically our aim is to financially economically empower our members uh, we offer savings and we encourage people when you actually join a credit union, effectively, actually, you're committing to save. And our big thing is that people should save. Um, but we also offer low cost loans um, to our members. And we are completely we make no profits. It, well, we we are the profits that we make. We do make profits as an organisation, but it isn't give, it's given back to our members. So credit unions are financial cooperatives effectively the money circulates and the, the profits that we make go back to our members so you don't ever get any fat cap um you know uh people in credit unions um we are uh, one of the oldest credit unions in the in, in the country we've been a, around for over 40 years um and uh, 99% of our members are black african and black caribbean uh pentecostal churchgoers yeah, um, John Kirkby, uh, amazingly with my wife Lizzie, we founded Christians Against Poverty about 25 years ago. Um, we have literally uh, had the amazing, joyous founders have been able to hand cap on to the new team led by Paul Stringer. And I'm continuing to work with Cap internationally. And yeah, my passion for the church 
for people whose lives are impacted by poverty uh, knows no bounds. That's why I started it 25 years ago, and I'm sure I'll still be going on about it if I'm still here in another 25 years. Hi, I'm Natalie um, from Jubilee Plus, which is a charity that um, equips churches all across the UK to support people who are facing poverty, injustice, any kind of form of marginalisation or vulnerability um, in their communities. Uh, my own kind of bit of my own story is that I grew up in relative poverty in the UK myself and um, actually in my late 20s was in huge amounts of debt and um, was advised by a professional that I should declare myself bankrupt. I managed to avoid that but um, had kind of painstakingly worked my way out of debt and so know a bit as I know John does too of what it feels like to feel like there's there's no way out and to have personal debt that you think is going to be hanging around your neck for the rest of your life and then kind of how overwhelming that can be. But at Jubilee Plus, we focus on all different forms of poverty um, and justice issues. So debt would be part of it, but we would uh, equip churches with all different kinds, whatever's most relevant to their communities. Really. Natalie went on to explain that this crisis wasn't just something affecting those already living precariously, but was starting to bite among other families who were previously far from the breadline. Yeah, what we're seeing on the ground is, um, like you've described, so many different factors coming together that mean for those who were already in poverty, they're being pushed deeper and deeper into it. Those who were um, on the cusp of it have been kind of thrown headlong into it. And actually, we're seeing some people who've never experienced poverty or never experienced it, who are experiencing it for the first time and have no clue how to handle it because it's a totally new and unexpected experience for them. So seeing people who are actually, you know, devastated because they've never imagined that they would um, be falling into rent arrears or they've never imagined that they would need to go to a food bank or they've never imagined that they would call Christians against poverty. They just never imagined that that would be something that would factor into their life. In fact, we're seeing a lot of people uh, come into churches for help who are saying that I've given to these different organisations financially or whether it's in terms of things like food or clothing or whatever it might be and saying I'm, I'm someone who's regularly helped others and suddenly I'm in a situation where I, I don't know what to do because they may not know what help's available even because uh, it's just not something they've expected for their lives. So I think on every level whether you were previously doing all right and it's hit you in an unexpected way, whether you were constantly fearing that you might fall into poverty and it's thrown you into it or if you were already in poverty and now you're so deep in it you can't imagine how you would ever get out I think it's hit everyone hard um, on those three levels and I think we are seeing predictions and projections that it is going to get even worse this year. Christians Against Poverty surveyed 900 of their clients during the pandemic and over a third said they were regularly having to skip meals because money was so tight. John Kirkby said this sadly wasn't that much of a surprise to those working in this field. Obviously, we're working with working capital, uh, working amongst some of the poorest people in society. So you do get um, you get those kind of shock statistics. I think they're really important to bring home to people the actual reality that, that yeah, hundreds of thousands of people are living in. Um, I think overall, um, to be honest, Emma, listening to the list that you started with, you could be. Uh, very easily um, kind of overwhelmed by the scale, uh, the tsunami of pain and, yeah, 
I think really the the thing that I've always done, CAP have always done, and I think the church do really well, and everybody involved in helping people is basically, um, it's the whole thing about the kid throwing a starfish from a beach, and somebody says, well, what about all the other starfish? He says, well, I'm worried about this one. And I think it has to be sort of one at a time. You have to deal with what's in front of you. Um, I'm sure we're going to get onto some of the campaigning stuff on our Natalie and Juggler Plus do some brilliant work on that. But I think basically, uh, Elaine really summed up that, you know, individually people can have, they can have a transformation in terms of what and what, where they are and what they face by, yeah, by doing a few things. Now, when I say transformation, I'm not saying that people are going to be uh, you know, hugely wealthy, but the anxiety, the fear of the unknown can be can be very easily uh, dealt with just by a, a budget, just by sitting down with people. Now, one of the things that CAP have discovered uh, increasingly is the budgets just don't balance. OK, so they just don't. People cannot pay their debts. They do not have disposable income. But even in those cases, if, if you can kind of sit down and prioritise the things that you really need to prioritise. Um, I, I definitely am a believer that people's circumstances can change, but I'm certainly not living in a cloud cuckoo and thinking that you know you can wave any magic wand. This is this is long term, deep seated uh, engagement, and people change people. And I think that's where Elaine and the work that Natalie does through Jubilee Plus, but also the work cap and many others do through the local church really is you know i cannot imagine impacting someone without the local church i can't imagine you know really engaging with people sort of seeing people's lives transform without it being personal people are changed by people and there are no better people in the world than people in churches who have a compassion for the poor who have a heart to give of themselves to serve to help people and yeah um I refuse to be overwhelmed by it, but I'm also conscious that the reality is, is yeah, it is very, very difficult. While the cost of living crisis is undoubtedly impacting many areas of society, it is probably being felt the worst among poorer communities. For example, analysis of food price inflation shows that behind the headline price rises of about 5%, the prices of some cheap staple goods like pasta, bread, rice and canned food, which are essential for those living precariously, have actually doubled or even tripled in the last year. I lost it with someone recently. Someone gave me a huge speech about, about the pandemic being a leveller. I mean, give me a break. The audacity and arrogance that someone would consider even speaking that sentence out. Um, by the way, yeah. Mm. Um, I did it in a, perhaps a more gracious way than I appear, but this is not a leveller. Mm. You know, if you went into the pandemic and you were, you were clinging on and you were struggling, let me tell you, you're coming out of the pandemic in a desperate situation. Um, so it is not a leveller. Yeah, I don't think there are, I think easy answers are very difficult to come by in these circumstances. You know, there just are some macro challenges that are really coming down the track uh, and are going to hit increasingly, yeah, hit people increasingly more difficult to live and survive. Um, yeah, the fruit of decades of, yeah not treating the poor right you know i can't i can't fathom it but at the end of the day we have to rise up and we have to care and we have to get out there and get involved and roll our sleeves up and bring some hope um because yeah we can't be the ones that are overwhelmed we've got to be the ones that bring hope and yeah i i, I have seen hope show itself in thousands of lives so i'm going to live with that but 
yeah, let's not pretend. Elaine Bowes echoed John's frustrations. I would just, I, I just echo everything that uh, John has had to say um, um, about it. There is no, we, we know that the pandemic was not a leveller um, and that certain communities that were already experiencing inequalities faced even deeper inequalities. And if you're living in poverty, there is no doubt that that's the case. Premier Christian Newscast. Premier Christian Newscast. While some campaigners and activists strongly call on the government to do more to tackle the cost of living crisis, other Christians argue we should instead focus on practical intervention ourselves on the ground to help the poor. But Natalie said we didn't have to choose between those two approaches. I mean, yeah, at Jubilee Plus we firmly believe in doing both. We think if you if you do one without the other, then we're not doing the whole of what actually God's called us to do. Um, you know, just I could think of so many Bible verses which you bring at this point, but I think Micah 6 verse 8, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. You know, these are the things we're called to do and we need to do the whole thing. You can't, you know, if if we just let things carry on and we don't lobby and we don't campaign, then we will be constantly trying to help people who are falling into crisis. And in some cases, some people who are being pushed into crisis again and again and again from circumstances in most cases beyond their control. So I do think we absolutely have to do both. But I think if we say, well, it's just on the government to change legislation, then actually that's not the whole story. And if we say it's just on the church to uh, pick up the pieces, that's not the whole story either. It's about actually what sort of society do we want to live in? What sort of community do we want to have? And so for us at Jubilee Plus, we try to equip churches to do both these things, to actually be on the ground as um, activists or frontline workers, whatever wording, different churches use different words, but to be making a difference, to be literally loving your neighbour. Um as yourself, to be putting your hand in your own pocket, using your own money, your own skills, your own time, your own energy, uh, your own temperament even, for the good of others, but also to not stop short and think, well, we can't speak up, we mustn't say too much, we don't want to rock the boat. Actually, we, we must rock the boat when it needs rocking. We, we must do that. And God clearly in the Bible is a God of justice. And, you know, the Bible tells us we're supposed to speak up on behalf of those who have no rights. We're supposed to defend the rights of those who are in poverty. So for me, I think it's absolutely biblical that we should be using everything at our disposal, whether that's our voices in terms of campaigning and lobbying, whether that's our hands and feet in terms of practical action on the ground. Another constant debate when Christians get stuck into social action is how much can we integrate evangelism into this kind of ministry? Is it good to try and share our faith with those we are also sharing food parcels with? Or is that muddying the waters and potentially exploitative? Being out there in community and meeting that need is, in, is, is the ministry in itself. Sometimes you don't need necessarily to, uh, to say, uh, you, know, to, you know, to evangelise that. You are evangelising just because you're there. And people know that you are there. That's my experience. That's certainly been my experience. And some of our churches that work just just like that, actually, in terms of people then coming uh, to Jesus, coming to the faith, just because the people who 
stretched out their hands at that time was the church. Yeah. That's who was there when they needed them. I don't want to feel like I'm the person in the middle ground. I feel like I'm on both ends of the spectrum. So I'm at the end that says, if someone says to us, you can help these people who are in desperate need, but you cannot talk about Jesus, I think we should help those people anyway because they're in desperate need. However, I am also at the other end of the spectrum, which is I think any opportunity we are given to talk about Jesus, we absolutely must take it and we should take it because actually we're offering people something that is far deeper and greater and more profound. So so I think help people even if you can't talk about Jesus. And if there's opportunity to talk about Jesus, then why wouldn't you talk about him? Like, if you, you know, in that sense, um, if you know him and, and you love him and you believe that actually everyone would uh, needs to know how wonderful he is and how incredible he is and, and actually that he is Lord of Lords. It's not just that he's nice and wonderful, it's that he rules everything and he reigns. There's a real danger when we separate social action from the gospel. Like I agree with Elaine, it's powerful when we help people and there's power in it and the Holy Spirit's at work in it. We don't always have to say, and I'm doing this because I'm a Christian, it's because I'm a Christian, it's because I'm a Christian. But actually you know, we do want people to come to know Jesus, don't we? So it is it is definitely for me about doing both. And when we separate these things, historically what's happened in our nation is the charities end up bearing no real relation to the Christian faith over generations. You know, we, we can think I'm not I won't name them, but we can think of charities that were founded by um Bible believing, spirit filled, radical Christians that you would never have a clue today that they that's how they were founded. Mm-hmm. Um but equally, if we go the other way and we just talk about Jesus and we don't help people in need, then actually, even even the Bible says, if you say to someone, bless you, bless you, um, but you don't give them the bread that they need, what good is that? The love of God isn't in you. It's pretty sobering stuff. I just want to help people. Um, I think for me, the two are inseparable. Um, I have seen Jesus Christ transform my life and the lives of thousands of people. I care enough about people to basically show and tell. My wife is a primary school teacher and we do show and tell. Um, and yeah, obviously we're often a result of our, of our own journey. And you know, 30 years ago, I'm in a bed sit, two little girls, nine and six, living on camp beds, struggling to feed them. Along comes a guy called Paul. So first of all, he showed me the love of Christ in his grace, in his actions, in his compassion, in his care. So he showed me. But he also told me. And and I think that the the foundation of helping people, the foundation of relationships, so I yeah, I, I speak about sharing your life and then sharing your faith and in doing so you're sharing Jesus. I think uh, most people believe it's some form of I am helping you with the poor, I'm helping you Oh, and by the way, Jesus, you know, the whole like gospel message. Um, n- not sure. For me, the gospel message is carried in his, his, yeah, his sons and daughters. And lastly, what would our panel like to see the church step up to do in this moment of crisis for the UK, economically and socially? I, I guess what I hope to see, what I am praying for, what I think we are going to see is for all Christians in this country, whatever denomination, whatever um, area of the country you're in, whoever you are, if you're a follower of Jesus, to get such a more radical and deeper grasp of the mercy of God in our own lives that it means we can do nothing but 
pour out mercy upon mercy upon mercy on those around us in need. That's what I want to see. I want us to see an army of mercy bringers where, like I said, it's our personal lives, it's our churches, it's our charities. It's all of us marching forward as an army of mercy bringers who who give mercy in a way that the world can't. As in, we, we try and give it to the best of our ability like God gives it, which is new mercy every day. No matter how you got in your situation, when you cry out in your distress, we respond with mercy. That's my hope. And that's what I hope we're going to see more and more in the coming years. That I would like to see, the things that we've talked about, is that our churches certainly marry together um, better. Both are, are, you know, the work that we do on the ground in community and also recognise, certainly for a lot of our churches, is to recognise the power and the influence that we have in community. And and I think sometimes we don't recognise that enough, really, that actually as a church body, we have a lot more influence and a lot more power than we think we have in using that and using, you know, our our, our knowledge and our um, and our our contacts to influence at other levels too, but all, you know, um, all, you know, with, with grace and, uh, and, uh, powered by the love of Jesus. And that's, that's why we're here. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Amen. Um, yeah, I think the more overwhelming I become, <laughs> it's okay to be overwhelmed by the way. He's God. I'm just Johnny boy. Um, I think I am, you know, taken back. And I just, I just know that, you know, God is able to do abundantly more than we can dream or imagine. I, I just really passionately live that. I've seen it in my own eyes. I've seen it in my own family. I've seen it in, you know, I've seen it across the ministry of Christians Against Poverty. I, I've seen what God can do. And I think the biggest message that we have to have is hope. I think we've got hope. I think, Elaine, when you sit down with someone who finances are absolutely traumatised and they've got no, they don't know what to do, yes, you're going to give them a budget. But I'd love to sit down with you and your team because you give me hope. You speak of a future as yet unseen, that faith is, you know, is, yeah, is being certain of a future as yet unseen. Elaine, your utopia, I love your sense around what could happen if we all just love Jesus more. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's inspiring stuff. But fundamentally what I carry and we all carry is we carry hope. We carry hope for the future. And I'm not going to throw away my confidence. and I'm not going to throw away my hope. This is not a surprise for Jesus. You know, he's big enough. He knows what needs doing. And I've just got to believe he's got a solution that's as big as the problem. And in the meantime, until he shows me it, I'm just going to carry on being Johnny Boy. I'm just going to do what I can to help who I can who's in front of me. And I'm not going to throw away my confidence. And I believe that the church is his bride. And I think it's an un... You, I think it's just the, the potential that lies within it if everybody did what Natalie said and if we all realised, you know, the power that is within us in Jesus. So I'm going to continue to bring hope. And I think if we can bring hope and we kind of make sure that it's eternal as well as here on earth, then I think God will bless it. And I think we'll have, yeah, I think we'll make an impact. But buckle, buckle up, get ready. This is going to be one heck of a roller coaster ride and it is going to be very very difficult but we're in the business of difficult in jesus name that's all we've got time for on this week's newscast but don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in whatever app you use to make sure every episode is automatically available for you when it's released 
if you've enjoyed it we'd really appreciate it if you could review premier christian newscast on your app and tell your friends about us we're a new podcast and so we'd love to get the word out as much as possible thanks for listening and see you next time premier christian newscast